You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, again, welcome, West Side. It's great to be together the week after. Uh, every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection. And at this time, I want to dismiss our teens, uh, young teens, teens, anyone who thinks they might be a teen, head out with Justin, our youth leader, and he uh, has got a class uh, out there. It's going to be awesome. So see you, Justin. I'm going to talk a little bit about Justin a little later uh, in our lesson today. But um, how's everybody doing today? You know, I've been uh, wanting to learn how to surf because I'm living on the west side. And so, you know, being a person that, I'm, you know, are you a morning person or a night person? Who, who's a morning person? Okay, who's a night person? Okay, I'm kind of both. I, I, my wife would say, no, you're both. I stay up late and I get up early. So I like them both. I love when the sun rises and we get to be out on the Pacific Ocean. So I've been joining the Pepperdine students. Up, up in Zuma Beach for the last, and SMC, that's right, Albert was out there, and they're pretty generous with the Pepperdine surfing class, so I guess pretty much we all can go out there, and Mikey, the surf trainer, helps us, right, he's, he's out there uh, giving us a, a few tips, but, uh, you know, I like getting up early and, and seeing the sun come up and being out on the ocean, it feels good, right? I like the light. I mean, I don't mind evenings. I, I do some good thinking in the evenings, but I do like bright, bright lights. If I, I have a choice of being in the dark or in the light, I prefer the light. All right. I like it when it's bright out. Uh, a lot of worship services, they dim all the lights. so You can barely see each other. And a lot of people prefer that because, you know, they like to, you know, they're a little more introverted and they feel more safe. And I understand uh, some of my family is that way, and I, I get it, but I, I like when everything's bright and we look at each other, and when I, when I see you, I, I get energy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an extrovert, so when I see you, when you engage with me, I get more energy from you. And so I like that. I like being out in the light. That doesn't mean if you're, if you're not that way, you're not liking the light as well, but that's definitely kind of my nature. So to segue into the idea of the kingdom of light, I wanted to talk a little bit about how challenging our world really is. Our world has a lot of paradoxes, doesn't it? A lot of paradoxes, a lot of evil. Uh, I was looking at the statistics on news channels, and did you know that 90% of news is negative? It's negative. And they say that, you know, there's a, there's a mantra in the news world, if it bleeds, it leads. You heard that one? Like if it's gory and crazy and there's accidents or war, I mean, that's front page. Whereas at the end of a news program these days, they'll often put, oh, and here's a little bit of good news. And memory turns off by it. They say that, that, that basically the ratings go way down when it's just good news. And they think the reason for that is because uh, in our DNA, you know, we're drawn more to negative news. And maybe that's a protective quality that we have, right? If you are aware of the bad news, you can stay alive, so to speak, Right. Whereas good news is no threat, right? So good news is no threat to you, so you, you don't always pay attention. But, you know, the, the gospel is good news, and it's, it's a news that we need. And so in talking about the kingdom of light today, I want us to really reflect on Jesus' resurrection started something. It started something big. It started something bigger than almost any of us could ever imagine, and it was needed in that culture just like our culture. Notice this. 
There's this statistical report that came out about Jesus' resurrection started something. It started something big. It started something bigger than almost any of us could ever imagine. And it was needed in that culture, just like our culture. Notice this. There's this statistical report that came out about teen sadness. I'm glad we have a teen class. I'm grateful for Justin Emma serving and Nick and Gus and all our parents. But this just came out uh, from the Atlantic and it was published just recently, this week. It says the U.S. has experienced a teenage mental health crisis. From 2009 to 2021, the share of American high school students who say they feel persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness rose from 26% to 44%, according to a CDC study. It's the highest level of teen sadness ever recorded. Scary, the stuff going on. Sad, all the stuff going on. Why? Well, here's one reason I think why, right? Our phones. And, and, and statistically, that, that's what we're finding is that people are so fixated on the bad news. That's 90% of news. 90% of the stuff that grabs your attention can be negative, negative. And it, it begins to affect us. Also, what we learn is our, fa- there's a breakdown in families. There's really a breakdown in families and, and it's discouraging to our teens. It's an issue. They need the kingdom of light. We need the kingdom of light. Uh, there's issues in every generation. Amen. And our generation is in need of the kingdom of light. And after Jesus rose from the dead, we read this passage from Acts chapter 1. It says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So after Jesus' resurrection, here we are, you know, uh, seven days after the resurrection. And Jesus had been appearing to his disciples. All kinds of amazing things going on. Uh, studying the resurrection is amazing. But what I find interesting is the gospel writer Luke, who also wrote the book of Acts, right? You call that Luke 2. He says that Jesus appeared for 40 days. And spoke about the kingdom of God to his guys, to his disciples. We read it a little earlier in Acts, or a little later in Acts, that there were 120 faithful with them that day. 120 in his ministry who, who had gathered in Jerusalem. And it says that he had, he had spoken about the kingdom of God. What did he do? Did he tell parables about the kingdom? And we read the gospels, the gospel writers recounted many of the parables that he preached about during his daily ministry, but after. And and I believe he was preparing them for the start of the visible kingdom of God on earth, which essentially is his gathered disciples of Jesus. Right? The, The kingdom is bigger than just the gathered disciples. The kingdom is God's reign over all creation of all time. However... He was preparing them for something special. And that day, the day of Pentecost comes in chapter 2. It's 50 days from Passover, annual Jewish celebration. And and we're going to see that coming up uh, later. And, you know, it's about 43 days from now. We'll have a little celebration on our Sunday on the day of Pentecost as well. But I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the kingdom of light today. Let's go to God in prayer as we begin. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this morning, this time to gather. 
to reflect, to study, to consider your power and your presence. And Father, I know I personally need you and I need your spirit. I love knowing that where your spirit dwells, land flourishes. In a desert, you can make a beautiful forest. You can bring fruit from dry trees through your spirit. God, thank you so much for this time to gather to learn. Thank you, Father, for all those listening at home, all those here listening in person. May your spirit speak to us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God because he was starting something that would change the destiny of humanity. And here we are over 2,000 years later talking about the kingdom of God, talking about his gathering, his ecclesia, his church. And he had given a ragtag bunch of guys the keys. It said in, he said in Matthew, Matthew, the gospel writer, recounts Peter saying that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then, of course, how Jesus says, I will give you. And he meant he meant you in terms of you all like the southern people. Right? It was plural. Y'all. I will give you all the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You, the whole church, was given the keys to this incredible kingdom. What a privilege. What does that mean? Yeah, God's entrusted to us. The entrance into this gathering that is to change the destiny of humanity. It's sort of like the church is not the whole kingdom of God, but it is an outpost. It's like an embassy of God. You ever been to some U.S. embassy? How many of you have been to a U.S. embassy in a foreign country? Okay, I went to the, the U.S. embassy in Lebanon a number of years ago. And while I was there, you know, I thought it would be a really great idea to take a picture of it in Lebanon. Now, you know, 30 years ago, they had gotten bombed. So guess what happened now when I took a picture of the front of Lebanon? All these security guys came up and they confiscated my camera within one minute of me taking this picture of the front. I just thought it'd be cool. Here's the embassy in Lebanon. I'm visiting our church there. But it was dangerous. So they confiscated my camera. They paged through every one of my pictures and they deleted all the pictures and gave me my camera back. You know, an hour later, I was let go. They checked my passport. They checked all of us out. I was like, wow. Well, because it was dangerous. You know, the American way of life, uh, came up against the way of life in some of these Middle Eastern countries. And in Lebanon years ago, it was a terrorist target. And still to this day, could be. And so, yeah, they protect that. You see, the church is an embassy of God. The church is an outpost of the kingdom of light, surrounded by the kingdom of darkness. The church is not a vendor of religious things. You know, hey, let's just talk about religious stuff. Let's just, um, you know, let's just do church and be religious and talk about Jesus and all the stuff we do and then go back to our regular lives. The church is an outpost of this kingdom from heaven. And when you're a part of it, you're like an ambassador, a mission. You're on a mission to instill, to convey, to promote the values and the ideals of this kingdom. As we gather here on the west side, we are an outpost of the kingdom on the west side of Los Angeles in 
an area filled with darkness, filled with many conflicting things, filled with the weight of greed and the desire for fame. You guys feel it sometimes? You see all the nice cars driving by? It's hard to, I, I was on a prayer walk with my son and we drove by, walking by our neighbors, a really nice Porsche 911. And, you know, we both were talking and we both go, gosh, that is really nice. I, I'd like to have that, you know. I'm a sports car guy. I like it. I, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, that is cool. I mean, it's everywhere we go. It's everywhere. There's this, this desire. And what you desire indicates deeply what you worship, what kingdom you're in. I don't think it's wrong to have some desires for nice things. I, I don't think it's wrong. But you got to peel back the layers and figure out what are your deepest desires. The kingdom is an outpost of God's ways in this world. And you're a part of that. Amen? So I want us to study, you know, as the church launched and planted all over the first century, the Apostle Paul was a primary missionary, but he himself didn't plant this church in Colossae. In Colossae, there was a church planted by a guy named Epaphras who preached the gospel there. But Paul cared about them. He cared deeply about them. He had heard about them. So turn or scroll. Does anyone have a hard copy Bible in the auditorium? Come on, Mark. All right. Come on, Cat. I see a couple of you. Awesome. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. The rest of you, I have all the verses except for these first five. I have them on the, uh, on the screen. So if you don't, we want, you can just listen or scroll down. But I do want to read from Colossians chapter 1. See, this church was a great church, had done many great things, but there was an onslaught of false teachings. There was a worship of angels in, in the, in the, permeating the fellowship. And it began to skew their convictions about who really God was and what he's about and how to live for him. And in our culture today, there's many, many teachings that can skew our understanding and our value system. And we got to be true to the gospel. Amen. We read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. And you also told you, told us of your love in the spirit. So he begins to encourage the church. He's going to segue in to the, the, the primacy of Christ. But I, we're going to see the, the, the concept of kingdom light show up here. But I want you to see that they had heard the message. Paul wants to encourage them, build them up, because they had been building others up. And this message, the Easter message, had rang loud and clear throughout the world. You know, as the West Side Church, we're a part of a fellowship. If you're visiting, if you're watching online, we're a part of a fellowship that's all around the world. Almost 700 churches that have been uh, built and planted over the past 35, 40 years. 
And it's, it's just great to be a part of this international Churches of Christ family because we are international. This message does ring out. And I want you to realize that, yeah, we're here in, in, in the west side and there's quite a few people that we get to reach on the west side. But we are a worldwide fellowship. I shared about that before. And I want you to realize that today uh, you're going to get to hear a little later today from our brother Rick Meckhamson. Uh, he just returned from Norway, him and his wife Heather, and, and they are tremendous servants of our churches, strengthening them in Norway, strengthening people in our Baltic Nordic area. He's going to share more about that. But I want us to have a, a mindset that the kingdom of light is not just local, it's global. The kingdom of light, there are embassies of God, and it's not just our fellowship, right? The kingdom of God is spread out all over the world, all types of tribes of this kingdom of light, right? The kingdom of light is all over the world, different tribes, different nations, South America, North America, Africa, all over the world. You know, we ourselves have embassies of the gospel of light, the kingdom of light in Ukraine and Russia. How heartbreaking for for our churches as those brothers and sisters, countries are at war. Be praying about that, please. Every day. But God has established the kingdom of light for us to join. And he says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So the gospel comes to us. Right. So that we will be filled with God we will respond to. It. We're going to talk about how that happens. But then he says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Now, when I hear that, I think, oh, I want to do that. I want to live a life worthy. I'm an achiever. You know, the and the Enneagram, the nine Enneagrams. I'm the achiever. I'm number three. I'm, the, I'm, an, I'm an American, which pretty much America is all number threes. They're all like we got to achieve something. Right. It's our DNA for better. And let me tell you what. For worse, right? The American culture is so achievement-based, it can forget the, the finer things in life, which is grace and mercy and hope. But I read that, and I go, okay, I want to do it. What does that mean? Well, he explains it, bearing fruit in every good work. Yeah, God's expecting us to have fruitfulness, things to happen, the church to grow, lives changed, marriages repaired, People repentant. We love seeing that kind of stuff. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience. Interesting. We need great endurance. Why? Because we're an outpost of the kingdom. Surrounded by the dominion of darkness. But then I love this verse. And giving joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. You guys see that? The kingdom of light. Actually, this is the only reference to the kingdom of light in the NIV. I love it. So we, we built it on our theme of the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of the son he loves. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. But I want to focus in on this part and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. 
to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He's qualified you to share in this inheritance. How do you guys feel about being qualified? I like being qualified, right? Qualified by, by uh, you know, achievement. I know a lot of us uh, high school students have applied to colleges. College students have applied to grad school. And you want to you be accepted, right? You want to be qualified. You want to get in. You know, very few people get into some of our schools on the west side. So all of our students, I commend you. It's rare to even be at Pepperdine, to be at LMU, to be at, at UCLA. It's not easy, guys. All right? I commend you. But what's interesting about God's qualification is it's different. What's interesting about God's qualification is that it's about our power being made perfect in weakness. It's about being messed up. Any of, you, any of you had any struggles lately? I've had some struggles lately. I got so many phone calls about how great our worship service was last week on Easter. You know why? Because Abraham and Nubi and Naomi shared so vulnerably about how messed up their lives are and how the gospel of grace is pulling them through it. And they shared they're in the middle of a mess. They're weak. Amen. See, people are we're qualified not because we accomplish anything, but because we're weak. Because we need God. We're qualified not because we've done anything great, but we're qualified because Jesus died on the cross. The power is the death of Jesus. The power of the kingdom of light is the death of Jesus, not our accomplishments, not our perfections, not us being such good people. The more messed up we are, the more qualified we become. And I have felt pretty messed up lately. I've had some struggles. I'm just confessing, church. I, I felt weak lately. I, I really, I, I confess, I'm prideful at times. I almost never feel weak. I almost never feel weak. I have felt weak in the last couple, three to four days. I've had a tough time. I think I've felt a spiritual attack. Uh, I've just, you know, it's been challenging. There's been challenging things going on in the ministry. But I know the kingdom of light will prevail. There's quite a few things going on in the church. And I want to be qualified, qualified to share in the inheritance. And so I got to admit my weakness. Just like when Abraham shared his struggles, didn't your heart go out to him? When Naomi shared her struggles, didn't your heart go out? See, the, the death of Jesus is the salvation of mankind. His resurrection is our new creation. We talked about that. I have felt weak. I want to confess. It's been challenging. Here's the thing I've learned on the west side since we've been here. This is a church a lot of people move in. Amen. We're having our move-in welcome later, later this afternoon. But a lot of people move out. And that's hard. It's hard on a family. I know a lot of us feel it. We have a lot of people move out. I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but two precious sisters in our ministry moved to our sister ministry where Brian and Dessa are going to be are down there. So I know they'll be taken care of. But, you know... Cindy Whitcomb and Susan Johnson, both their daughters are in the ministry down there. And for various reasons, they just moved down to that ministry. That's their new ministry. And they contacted us. And we, we need to honor them. They have been around for so long on the West Side. But they, they've shifted ministries. And, you know, they told us all ahead of time they're going to and why. And, you know, they're with their daughters. But, but it hurts. It hurts, right? It hurts to feel like, oh, you're... I want to see you at our dinner table, right? You're going to be at another dinner table. Amen. They're going to be at another awesome dinner table with Steve and Jackie and Brian. And oh, amen. But it still hurts. And I feel that. And, and, and I know different people are moving at different times. And then we get all people moving in. But there's challenges. There's spiritual battles going on. And I feel it. You know, as a church, 
we have been in a process of hiring a new couple. And it's been a hard process. You know, we offered a young couple to do to work with our campus because, as we've mentioned to you, a lot of you before, that Val is going to step off. She's pursuing a master's degree. She's going to step off of the campus ministry uh, staff. And Justin, as well, is going to step off of the, the, the staffing. However, I do want to share both Val and Justin live in the kingdom of light and are not qualified by whether they're paid by the ministry. They're both going to continue to serve in different capacities. Justin is still going to lead our youth ministry. Amen. He's going to work in the medical field with his wife, who's a nurse. And he, the reason he did this is because he really wants to, uh, you know, work in this field with his wife. And, and for him to be on staff and her not creates a lot of complexities of, of life challenges with them. All the different retreats they go on. They really wanted to be together. And that had always been his dream. But I love their heart, and I love Val's heart. Both of them have their value system and are qualified, not because I appoint them a minister or they said I'm not going to be paid, but because of the cross. Because their value system is the kingdom of light. His ways, his mission, his calling is still the calling of all of us. And when you're a part of his family, you are qualified as a minister, right? Ministry staff are not just the ones that the church has to support to run everything, but all of us are called to a ministry to share in the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Amen. I want us to think that way. The kingdom of light is your value system rooted in the kingdom of light. You know, many of us have drifted in our faith and then many of us drift back. This week, it was so cool at our, at our I Doubt It class, right before the class started, which Mark did a great job, another one here in, in 10 days. But uh, I want to hold up a young campus guy. He had been drifting in his faith, and he was restored to the fellowship publicly, and that was Daniel Chen. It's great to have him added back in. Daniel, great to see you, man. Daniel's been joining our discipleship group on Wednesday night, and I love, I love these young men who want to be trained for godliness, to share in the inheritance in the kingdom of light. And you see, God's intention is to bring us from the dominion of darkness, to rescue us. So how does that occur? Here's how it occurs. You got to get open. You got to get vulnerable. You got to admit you're a mess. And the message of the gospel is a rescuing from the dominion of darkness that pervades all society by taking a good look at the motivations of our heart. Why do you do what you do? And when you see what Jesus has done, it motivates, it compels, it calls us forward to break out of this darkness that pervades all of society. There's a young man, and he's not that young. He's only a few years younger than me, but he's younger. And we've been studying the Bible with him, and he has impressed me so much. His name is Alfonso, and you're going to hear from Alfonso publicly also on our next uh, midweek all together in 10 days. But what Alfonso's done is he has gone through a journey in his life. A challenging journey. He's been up and down in his faith. And yet he has made the decision to be gut level honest and real and vulnerable. Because as the apostle John wrote, those who are afraid to expose their life will not come into the light. They don't want their life to be exposed. They don't want people to see it. They live in the darkness. Mankind likes darkness because they don't want their hearts to be exposed. But Alfonso, he's texting David. David and I have been getting time with him. Um, it's been awesome. And 
he texts us when anything pops up that he, he feels like is damaging his soul or, or, or leads him into maybe some unhealthy thoughts. He's getting vulnerable and real with the guys who are studying with him so he can feel free and open and rescued from the dominion of darkness. I'm so proud of Alfonso. You're all going to hear from him. Uh, like I said, at our next, not our next, yeah, our next all together midweek, he's going to share. Guys, we all need to be rescued from the dominion of darkness and enter the kingdom of light. And we're going to be talking in the coming weeks about the value systems of the kingdom of light. How do they differ? How do they differ? You know, we're qualified. The Greek word means to be made fit, to be equipped to accomplish the job. And that occurs because of the cross of Christ. When you see how much you need it, it becomes a part of who you are. Today, as we reflect on the kingdom of light and your own faith and where you're at, I pray like like those three awesome members of our church shared last week, you can be vulnerable and real with your life to understand that you're a part of this kingdom that's an outpost of God. But it's for the weak. It's for those that are hurting. It's for those that need help. And what we do as a congregation each week before we take communion is we reflect together about our own life, we talk about, okay, how does this message apply to my life? And so that's what we're going to do right now, all right? So before we take communion and we talk about forgiveness, uh, really, which comes from the cross, I want you to answer this question. Do you believe you are qualified by faith to be in the kingdom of light? Which is a question of, how do you feel about that? Are you willing to be open and real? And number two, has the cross rescued you from darkness? And so let's have a talk about this with the people next to us, one or two people to your right or to your left, one or two people right behind you for five minutes, and then we'll pray for the bread and the fruit of the vine. Amen. Again, if I could leave you with one thought, we're not qualified because how we achieve. You're qualified because you need God and he's available. We need him. Every one of us needs him. And that's what the cross says. It says, I've done, I've done the work. You're qualified because of me, not because of you. Let's thank him for giving his body and shedding his blood. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending Jesus as an inspiration and as the entrance to the kingdom of light. Thank you for his body shed or his body broken and his, his, his blood shed. Father, we know that that uh, qualifies us, not our actions. Uh, Father, we know we, we make mistakes and we need you. Thank you so much for this hope that we have uh, to, to be an outpost of your message in this world. And we know we need your power every day that comes through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It's his name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.